Well, good morning, everyone. Good, good morning. <laughs> oh, you guys are alive. Wasn't the worship awesome this morning? And they even put an old school song in there just for me. First service, I was bawling. I just bawled. I was up here. Oh, how great that was. Oh, everyone, they just do it just to humor me, just to make me feel good. Amen. Well, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Hey, we're kicking off a 31 week journey through the Bible. 30, we've never done this. This is a first time for us. And it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to cover the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And we're going to look at the 31 main stories. I mean, there's lots of great stories. But we're going to look at 31 central stories in the Bible. But we're going to look at them chronologically. We're going to start in Genesis. And we're going to fi- finish in Revelation. Uh, you know, the Bible was written over a long period of time. And when you look at the Bible, when you open up your Bible, I don't know if you've ever experienced it before. You're like, okay, Chronicles. What is Chronicles? have to do with Haggai, the prophets. And so we're going to go through the Bible. We're going to look at it in a chronological order. And there's a couple of things that I want to encourage you with this morning. The first thing, if you want to get the most out of this experience, you've got to come every week. Say, i got to come every week. Now, I'm not going to be the only preacher. We've got some great preachers, some great communicators here. Pastor Glenn will be preaching. Keith will be preaching. Richard will be preaching. Christina's going to help us in the mix. So over the next 30 it's, I'm not going to be the only voice. You'll hear from other people in our church who also have a great gift and a great call to communicate the gospel. But you've got to come. And the second thing you've got to do is you've got to bring a friend. Say, bring a friend. Bring a friend. So come, bring a friend, and learn the Bible together. The next thing is I want everyone here to get a copy of the story, this book right here. How many have not purchased this book yet? How many have not purchased the book? Okay. Quite a few of you. Hey, we sell these books. They're, they're for sale right outside afterwards. They're five bucks. If you can't afford the five bucks, you know, tell the person out there, hey, I'll give it to you next week. But I want everyone here to get this book. Uh, this book is basically the story. It is the Bible. It, it has some sections left out, but it also has a couple of things that are put in there to help give explanation. And, and it's not writ, written in chapter, chapter and verse, but it is written chronologically like the story. And this book, uh, every week we'll be reading a chapter, we'll be preaching a chapter. This week we're starting in creation, so your homework assignment this week would be read to read chapter 1. Everyone said, I'm going to read chapter 1, 12 pages long, 2 pages a day. You can do that, right? 2 pages. And uh, so you read uh, along, and then next week we'll be on Abraham, and then that week you'll read Abraham. The third thing is you've got to get into a group. Say, get into a group. You've got to join a group. Now, listen, if you want to take this book and you want to start a small group in your home, man, you can go to our website. It'll tell you how to do it. We'd love to have you do it. Or maybe with some coworkers at work. I know over the years we've had people that did maybe a small group with their coworkers. Or you want to hang out at a Starbucks or a restaurant or Jack in the Box. I don't care. You can do a small group anywhere you want. But we will have small groups available on Wednesday night that are coinciding with story. So we would encourage every person to get the most out of this experience. Join, be a part, bring a friend, read the story, and watch, God, watch what God will do in your life. Because we believe that God has a wonderful plan for your life. I believe that with all my heart. It's just seldom easy. <laughs> and you need God's Word to help you. Not you need God's Word to help you. It is the only way that you can truly know God. is by having His Word in your heart. Amen? If you're cool, you know, we were watching a little video. I thought that bumper clip there. And you know, did you notice the music? You know, it started off kind of cool. And then the snake comes in. It like gets a little eerie. And, you know, and then kind of Jesus. And it goes back up again. And 
I don't know about you. Every once in a while, I'll just I'll turn the volume off because my wife is falling asleep. Sometimes my wife even falls asleep in the living room in the chair. <laughs> and so I'll push the mute button and I'll get the little captions on the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? You kind of read. Do you ever watch a movie like that? And yeah, you're watching it, but it just doesn't have the same impact, does it? But boy, you put a movie, especially put a guy action flick like Fast and Furious or just some, you know, and you turn the surround sound on <laughs> and you can have the captions on the bottom, but you got the music coming out and you're feeling it. You, you watch a Rambo movie, a Rocky movie, whatever you like, you know, you, you get the action and the movement. And, you know, one thing I know about stories is we all like a good story. We all, you know, the most popular movies in America always tell a story. And, and here's the deal. There's a main character and you know, it used to be he was a good guy in a white, uh, white hat. Now he's a kind of a middle guy with a gray hat on. <laughs> you know, but there's a good guy, and he has a problem. Got a problem, some kind of problem, but uh, he always wins. The good guy always wins. So he gets the glory, and then, you know, there's always some kind of money or some kind of something involved in it. So he gets the gold, and then he always gets the girl. He always rides off into the sunset with the girl. That's what happens in movies. You can write the script today. We love stories. When Keenan was a little tiny boy... Oh, we lived in Altamont Springs, and, and my wife and I, our bedroom was downstairs, Keenan's bedroom, and Austin's bedroom was upstairs. And, you know, kids, the last thing you do before you put them to bed is to do what? Tell them a story. Say a little prayer. Tell them a story. And uh, one day, Keenan was, was, you know, we put him to bed. And, and kids, and the, you know, it's awfully interesting to me that when they get to bed, they never quite want to go to sleep yet. At least that's what they think, right? So they always want a drink of water, right? So Keenan wants a drink of water, and he, you know, we already told him, get back in bed, don't get out of bed again, you know, you're going to get in trouble if you get out of bed, and, and so he's upstairs, and he says, Dad, I want another drink of water, so I go up and get him a glass of water, and, and give him the water, and he drinks it, and about five minutes later, I, I hear Keenan yelling, hey, Dad, I want another glass of water, I said, Keenan, if I tell you one more time, go to sleep, he says, okay, Dad, so he lays there, you know, one more time, and you know, Trouble's coming your way. <laughs> and he says, okay, Dad. And so and it's about five minutes later, I hear, hey, Dad, will you bring me a glass of water? And on your way up, will you tell me another story? <laughs> yeah, tell me a story. We all like stories. We love good stories. The Bible is full of God's story. Here's the deal today, guys. As we go through the scriptures over the next 31 weeks, you're going to see God's story. The word history literally means his story. God's story, we call this the upper perspective or the upper view of life. It's the upper story. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He sees all. He knows all. It's why, as Christians, we can believe Romans 8.28 with all of our heart, that no matter what happens to us, all things will work together for good for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. You know why? Because it's God's story. We know that God is at work in our lives. We know that God has good for us, whatever that is. It's, it's seldom easy, but His plan is always good. But then there's what we call the lower story. Everyone say the lower story. The lower story is just, you know, you're paying your bills, you're taking care of your kids, you're running here, you're going to work, you're fixing a flat tire. It's the stuff of life. It's the lower story. But here's the, when God's story, upper story intersects with your lower story, your life is radically changed. I want you to hear a story from a woman in our church who had God's story intersect with her lower story, and she experienced the grace of God. Watch this now. 
This is my story. My name is Rikonda Rollins. About 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with lupus. My daughter was about two years old, and I can remember being upset. And although I wasn't a follower of, I wasn't a follower of God, but I believed in God. Um, God still healed me exactly where I was. It's now 10 years ago, and I'm completely free and um, lupus-free. And it's only by the grace of God that I was able to be healed. And I believe that God is still in control and able to heal and still meet you exactly where you are in your life. And God's story intersected with her story. She wasn't even a follower of God yet. And God had mercy. Isn't that the mercy of God? God's story intersecting with ours. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to page number one. (laughs) First page of the Bible. Can you do that this morning? Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one. Can you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word? Genesis chapter one. We're going to read several verses and then we're going to finish with Genesis 131. And the Bible says... In the beginning, God. Everyone say God. I just like to get that preacher's voice. God. God. In the beginning, God. God is self-existence. He's always been, always will be. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. No matter what scientists, no matter what our culture tries to tell us, God has always been. And He's God all by Himself, like they say the old timers. God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We see right here in the beginning the first manifestation of God on planet earth. The first manifestation in all of creation was God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit. Verse number three. And God said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now I want you to skip over to verse number 31. God saw, God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. Everyone say, very good. It was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Here, I want you to hear this this morning. This is God's big idea for us today. God wants to restore you and be with you forever. God wants to restore you and be with you forever. Father, in these next few moments, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for this time of worship. You truly are a great God. We've declared it. Now, Lord, we want to experience it, Lord, in the reality of your word. Let your word today become truth in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that your word will become your word in the hearts and the lives of the here. God, I pray that it will bring change and transformation. I ask this in your wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. In the beginning, in the beginning, there was a big bang. Everyone said, Big bang. In the beginning, there was a big bang of creation. God spoke. And it happened. That's how the Big Bang happened. God spoke, let there be in reality. Where there was no reality, reality came and took place in all of humanity, in all the world. See, the main character, the main character of the Bible, the main character of history is always God. God is the main person of creation. He is God. He's God. He made us. He made the world. He made everything that you and I know. When we go through this first chapter of Genesis, we see the awesomeness of God. You see, God made something from nothing. You take the most brilliant men that have ever listed. 
I googled this week the top ten scientists of the world. The top five. The first one was Thomas Edison. Isn't that interesting? Scientists, you know, people that study this and think about history and how things work and how it all happens. The number one scientist in the world was Thomas Edison. Uh, and then you go Benjamin Franklin, the Wright brothers, Leonardo da Vinci, Galileo. You have these brilliant men that have, that have great thoughts, but they never could make something from nothing. They had to start with something. God started with nothing. And He simply spoke, and it was. He simply spoke. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. See, God made something from nothing. God showed His greatness and His power. As we see the pattern of Scripture, we see that God, a pattern of creation, we see God creating places, and then we see God creating objects. In the first three days of creation, God created the places. He created the light and separated the darkness. He created the waters and the sky, and He created the lands. And then we see God creating the objects to fill those places. He created the sun, the moon, the stars. He created the fish and the birds. And then He he created the animals. And then at the end of each day, at the end of each day, God would step back and He would say, It is good. It is good. God saw that His creation was good. We have a saying in the church, God is good all the time. God is good. We did a homegoing service for Terrain. Termaine Marie Smith yesterday. She was 39 years old, a member of our church. It was one of those mysteries in life. We have, I have no explanation for it. But there, there, was, there was this overwhelming theme that left the room yesterday. Wherever people were at, wherever they were in their understanding of who God is, there was an overwhelming theme that came from every person that shared, every person that talked about her life, is that Terrain believed that God is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God created this place in the beginning, and it was perfect. It was good. Everything that God did was good. The creation, the heavens, and the earth, His magnificent magnificent accomplishments were all there. But there was something missing. There was something missing. You see, because God's main point of all of this is you. God's main point of all of creation, the big bang of creation, concludes with God's core passion. God's core passion is people. He made all of this for us. He made this paradise. He made the heavens and the stars. He made the lands and the seas, the fish and the birds. He made everything for you and I. We are God's passionate delight and desire. God looks down upon His creation, He said, all that was good. But when He created man in His own image, He said, that's really good. That's incredible. Look at these people. Look at what I've made in my own image. God loves. God's supreme desire is to be with you, to know you, to walk with you, as He did with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. Ever thought about what the first Adam looked like? (laughs) Was it Brad Pitt or Danny DeVito? (laughs) I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of a mixture, short guy, tall guy. I mean, what was he? You know, was, what was he? Whatever he looked like, whatever that first man looked like, he was good. You see, when we understand that we're good and, the, and made in the goodness and the likeness of God, we begin to elevate humanity. And we become people of life and not death. 
then we begin to understand that every person has a purpose. Every person, God's created with a plan and a design. Every person is uniquely made. Every person has a different voice pattern. Every person has a different set of thumbprints. Every person is designed and wired. It's why what makes the body of Christ so beautiful. We gather people from every race, from every culture, every generation, every part of the, every part of the community. And we begin to worship God. We see that uniqueness in, in action. And that's what's so beautiful and what I love about our church fellowship. I look around the room and I just see every age group and uh, people from every nationality and background and languages. And, and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, made in the image of God. All of life was good. They lived in a place called paradise. Everyone say paradise. They lived in a place called paradise. A place called Eden. Now the music begins to shift. You know, everything's happy. The music begins to shift, and the problem begins. You can kind of feel it, can't you? you as you read through Genesis chapter 2, you get this picture, this understanding. We're going to see this character introduced in just a moment, but the problem begins. Things are beautiful, and then there's a... Do, 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 do. Look at chapter 2, verse number 8, and the Bible says, The Lord God planted a garden in the Eden. And there he put man, and he had formed. And God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food. In the middle of the garden were the trees of life and the tree of knowledge of good of evil. It was good. It was God's creation. He created paradise for our pleasure, but only as we live at our purpose with him. Here's the thing about God. God is love. God created you with the potential and the ability to love. No other creation, no other animal has the capacity to reason and to choose to love. My dog, his name is Blessing. And um, we named him Blessing because years ago I heard a preacher say, you know, and you got a dog or you got a pet, you should just, whatever you want to have in your household, you should name your pet that so that every time you call his name, you do whatever it is. You want to call your dog Faith. You call your dog Hope. You call your dog Blessing. I, I like that name, Blessing. My boys, they fought against it. They were little at the time, my wife. But, you know, dad's... <laughs> well, the Lord just paid me back for that one, for demanding the... Because although I have one dog named Blessing, my little dog Blessing leaves many blessings. <laughs> I'm serious. And, you know, he feels no remorse about it. My dog loves me one moment, and then he runs. I mean, if the door is open a crack, he'll sneak out, and he'll run down the street, and he'll find somebody else's house. Next thing you know, he's loving somebody else. Hey, uh, hey see you later. They're feeding me better over here. You got me, Wal- <laughs> you got me Walmart, <laughs> old Roy, and they're feeding me kibbles over here. You know, I don't know. Right? They don't have that ability. They just, they're, oh, that's not how they're wired. They're... they're yeah, they're loyal, man, but they're only loyal as long as the food is being poured. They don't have the ability to choose. See, God created us with the ability to choose. And in this garden, there were two trees. There was the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, and there was the tree of life. And God said, you can eat of any tree in this garden. Any tree you can eat of. God created you with the power to choose. In Deuteronomy, when God was speaking to His people, He said, listen, I set before you life and death. I set before you heaven and earth. I set before you all these blessings. But you must choose life. You must choose. God lays out the plan of redemption. God lays out the plan of salvation. Hope in Christ. God lays out all these blessings. This 
plan and purpose that He has for us. But He says, you must choose. Choose life. Choose life. Garden was perfect. Garden was perfect. But God gave them one rule. Isn't that amazing? They could eat of any tree. They could eat of any plant. But they only had one rule that they had to follow. One. Just think about it. You know, you see this with your kids. Your kids growing up and the little tiny kids. And, and, you know, the very first word that your child learns is what? No. Right? It's because you've been saying no, 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 no. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't touch that. So that's the first thing they hear. They think no is the most important word in the human language. And that's exactly what they did to God. They said no. I want to do it my way. Frank Sinatra, you know, I did it my way, baby. I made it happen my way. God gave them this power to choose life or to choose death. So don't touch this tree. Don't touch this tree. See, the life, the power, for the, the fact is that the, for the love of God, the Bible says, in fact, this love for God to keep His commands, to keep His commands. This is love for God that we keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. It wasn't too hard. This wasn't too difficult. It wasn't like they had to gird up their willpower and there's something about the no that what we can't have. There's something about the wet paint sign that we just really want to find out. Is it really wet? Is it really wet? So God laid down this ground rule for them. This reoccurring theme of the story is that God doesn't force anyone to love Him or to live for Him. He gives us the power to choose. The power to choose natural life or supernatural life. The, ch- the power to choose je- death, physical or spiritual. The power to choose wisdom that comes from God or wisdom that's from man. In Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, we see something begin to shift. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, And now there was a serpent, and he was more crafty. And all the other creatures, he was more crafty. (laughs) 54-inch Walmart special right here. (laughs) Hey, we got a snake handle of a preacher down there. (laughs) Jesus, help those guys. Lord, forgive them. (laughs) I guess they do know what they do, right? But the serpent enters into the scene. The problem. The problem begins. They've had... They've had this choice, but the tempter comes. See, the tempter can't make you do anything. Satan couldn't make them disobey God. They had a choice. I want you to see something here. As I begin to look through these scriptures in Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes to him and he says, the serpent says to the woman, the serpent says to her, he says, did God really say that? Did God really say that you can't eat of that tree. See, Satan has set out his plan to destroy, as an arch enemy of God, everything that God has created. This Genesis chapter 3 is really the entry point of all the brokenness of the world. Bible scholars call it original sin, the first sin that man created. And Satan came and said, Did God really say? You won't really die. See, God, Satan's plan was to deceive them, to distort God's word, to, to cause them to doubt. Doubt. 
did God really say if I do that, I won't be able to get out? Did God really say, did God really say that? Did God really say, don't lie? I mean, if I lie, I'll get out of this problem, you know, right now. And that seems to be better to me. Did God really say, don't steal? Well, if I, but if I just kind of manipulate and I cheat on my taxes, I'll get a little more money. Tax return at the end of the year. Did God really say, don't steal from the government? Did God really, did God really say that? Did God really say, don't look at that woman with lust in your heart? Did God, come on. Did God really mean that? How far is too far? Men begin to push the boundaries. Because at that moment, Eve looks over and she sees the tree. And it's delightful. It's beautiful. It's, it's got everything that she ever... I, well, God, I know I can have all this. But this over here, this just seems so right. It seems so right. How could it be so wrong? And she's deceived. James says, listen, when we're deceived or when we're tempted, we're not tempted by God. We're tempted by ourselves. See, there was something in her heart because she had the power to choose. There was something. Then she saw there was this attractiveness of the eye. It looks good. And then there was something. But I'll bet you it doesn't just look good. I'll bet you it tastes really good. See, that's what sin... I mean, the fact is Moses says the same thing. He says, there is pleasure in sin for a season. No one would ever take the first puff, the first drink, the first look of pornography. No one would ever do those kinds of things if they knew where it was going to take them. Because the fact is today, Satan will take you farther than you ever planned, and he'll hold you there longer than you ever dreamed. Sin came into the world. They begin to doubt God's Word, and they disobeyed. The woman took the fruit of the tree that was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. And she ate it. And then she gave it to her husband. And Satan was having a party. Because at that moment, paradise was lost. All this beautiful creation, everything that God had made for them in one fell swoop, one decision, their life was forever changed. You see, the fact is they chose to rebel against God. You know, temptation never seems to be quite what it is. It never quite seems to lead you to the place that you thought it would take you. Not too long ago, there was a contractor that was, that was bidding on a multi-million dollar job. True story. Contractor building a multi-million dollar job, and he had the last day to get his bid in. And as, uh, you know, he working on the bid, the day that it was due, he drove to the construction site where the GC was set, and, and uh, they were receiving bids, and he drove, and he walked into the office, and when he got into the office, there was no one in the room. There was just one desk. He had there his bid in hand, and as he walked into the room, he, he looked over, and he saw there on the desk, he saw another, another piece of paper. And when he looked down at it, he realized that that piece of paper was from his main competitor. And he, he, as he began to kind of glance and look around and wonder if anybody was looking, he saw that there were some numbers. It was the final bid of his competitor. He thought to himself, you know, man, if I know what they bid, I could just bid a little bit less and I'll get this million-dollar job. It's a true story. And so the contractor's thinking, and he's looking around the room. He's wondering if there's any hidden cameras anywhere, you know. He's wondering what's going to, you know, if somebody watches, this is set up. And then the, he, just, he just couldn't do it. The worst of him overtook him. He walked over, and 
when he walked over to that piece of paper, there was a Coke can that was setting right on top. So that was the only thing that was keeping him from the truth of what that final number was and him getting this job. He reached down and when he picked up that Coke can, there was there not Coke in it, but there were thousands of BBs. The contractor had set him up. And the moment he picked up that can, those BBs went all over the floor. So that's what sin is. That's exactly what sin is. It looks so good. It looks so pleasing. Just one little cheat, one little lie. Boom, we're trapped. We're caught. They chose to rebel against God. Hashtag, the struggle begins. Your marriage problems started right here. Your addiction problem started right here. Your, your poverty, your issue with finances started right here. Every problem, murder, death, abuse, every problem started right here. You'll see the rest of the Bible. In the rest of the Bible, there is this struggle. There is this struggle. A fallen world. The Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. Sin became a part of our spiritual DNA. We say, well, hey, hey, you know, hey, that was Adam and that was Eve. I would have never done that. I would have, I would have given in to that temptation. Listen to what Paul says about you. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, and in this way death came to all people, because all have sin. All have sinned. We've got a big problem. Say, we've got a big problem. We've got a big problem, but we have a bigger God who has a bigger solution. God hasn't left us stuck in our sin. There is hope because He is the God of hope. Because God now reveals His big plan. God reveals His big plan. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 14 with me. And the Bible says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because of you done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Now listen to this. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Here's the folk. Here's a fact, folks. Here's a fact today. Here is God's plan. See, Satan planned to destroy. From the beginning of time, God planned to restore. Satan wanted to bring death and destruction and mayhem. But God wanted to give life and life everlasting. And so when God speaks right here in Genesis chapter 3, we see the first proclamation of the gospel. You can, you can read the rest of scriptures and you go back to this Genesis passage and you see that it's right here. God says that the seed of the woman. Do you know who the seed of the woman is? The seed of the woman is Jesus. And when Jesus came on planet earth, he brought God's upper story into humanity's lower story. And he lived a sinless, perfect life. And the Bible says that Jesus proclaimed life and the way of life. And he said, I will, I will crush the head of the serpent when I grow to the cross. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he crushed the head of the serpent. Someone said, Amen. This is our hope. 
It's the proclamation of the cross. It's the reality of Jesus' death on a cross that was predetermined way before the history of mankind. Right here in Genesis chapter 3, God said, I will crush the head of the serpent through your seed. God crushed. Just one more time. Just give that devil a crush. God crushed the head of the serpent. You know what he was saying? I gave you the potential to live free from Satan's bondage. I gave you the potential. And by my spirit, I'm going to give you the power to live the abundant life. The life that I've created you for. A life of desire. The life of pleasure. You see, God created us for purpose and pleasure. But we had to do it according to His plan. God's created us for that. God's created you and I for that. So we see the cross. The proclamation of the cross. When we see and understand, Paul says this about the power of the cross. In Colossians chapter 2, you were dead in your sins, but God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. And He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. He nailed it to the cross. But He didn't just crush the head of the serpent. He also covered us from our sins. <laughs> the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Right here in the very beginning in the garden, we see Adam and Eve. They were exposed. They were ashamed. You know, that's what happens in your life. It's exactly what happens in my life when I sin against God. I, I don't feel His presence. I've heard so many people's ties don't feel God. Someone wrote on one of the cards, the prayer cards last week, I, you know, I just don't feel God anymore. I don't feel Him. What's happened? What's happened? Something in their life is bringing separation. When sin comes into our life, we'll begin to live the wrong plan. We'll begin to follow the wrong desires. We have shame and guilt, and we don't run to God. We tend to run from God. But God had a plan. God pursued them passionately. They were trying to hide from Him. But the Bible says, in the cool of the evening, when God would walk upon the face of the earth, He cried out to them, Where are you? Where are you? You see, God cries out to you. God cries out to me. And no matter how deep our sin, no matter how big our problem, God is in relentless pursuit of you because He loves you. And the Bible says that God took an animal and He killed it. He had to kill it in order to make skins for them to cover them. God wants to cover you today. God wants to cover you today. He wants to forgive you today. The psalmist declared as far as the east is from the west, God will remember your sins no more. That's covering. That's forgiveness. Jesus looked at the woman who sat at the well and He said, Today, daughter, your sins are forgiven. Jesus hung from the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 says it like this, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. It's the cross and the blood. The message has never changed. The message has never changed. God is for you today. God is for you today. God loves you. He wants to be with you and live with you forever. That's the message of the cross. Simple and pure. Right here in the very beginning. The story of creation. God's plan. 
God's plan was to send His Son to die on a cross and give you the potential to be covered and forgiven of your sins. I want you to close your eyes. Here today, maybe you you feel that you feel that shame. Maybe you you know today. Maybe you know you you've said a prayer in the past. You just feel trapped. You just feel stuck. You feel stuck in an area of your life. You just keep falling back. You, you know you see the temptation. You want to change. You want to do different, but you just don't seem to have the power today. I want you to know, you don't have the power, but God has the power. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible said he will dwell in you. He will give strength to your spiritual body. He will give you the strength. God's for you today. He loves you. But you've got to do it his way. You've got to, you've got to do it his way. You've got to receive his forgiveness. You've got to allow him to cover you. You hear today, you say, Pastor Eugene, will you pray for me today? I'm in a struggle, and I'm not winning. I'm not winning. I know I'm not where I should be with God today. I'm going to count to three when you raise your hand. One, two, three. Right now, raise your hand. Come on. Be in this room. See that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on. Hands all up all over this place. Come on. Hands up all over this place. I want you to stand with me this morning. God's big idea is He wants to restore you. And He wants to be with you forever because He loves you. But there's a way to do it. The Bible said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now, right where you're at. I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we must confess. You know what your struggle is. God knows what your struggle is, but you've got to confess it to Him. You've got to ask God to forgive you. So will you do that right where you're at right now? Will you ask God to, to forgive you? Come on. just right, you're just You raise your hand. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Just say, God, will you forgive me? God, will you come into my heart and life and change me? I can't do this, God. I need you today. Forgive me. I receive that forgiveness and that power to change by faith in your name. Father, you saw every person that raised their hand and said they're struggling. There's a battle. God, I thank you that you're the one that gives them the victory. Thank you that the power of your Holy Spirit is here to bring change into our life. I ask this now in Jesus' mighty name. Bless your people in your wonderful name. Amen. God bless you. Can you go ahead and be seated just for a moment? Pastor's